1: Evening, welcome to Fight Night on Talk Sport. This is part one of a two-part banger for you. Coming up in the early hours of the morning, we are going to be bringing you live commentary of UFC 239. Five fights from the main card all coming your way. So make sure you've got your radio on if you're a big mixed martial arts fan. The first part, though, of the show for the next couple of hours uh, is going to be dedicated to the world of boxing. We've got guest after guest after guest after guest lined up. Uh, and one man joining me in the studio right now is as giddy as a kid in a sweet shop when it comes to the mixed martial arts in particular it is of course nick p
2: how are you mate excited very excited it's gonna be a busy night can't wait <laughs> can't wait you can <laughs> see me across the desk you? just bouncing off the walls the majority I'm controlling myself well it's here. a quiet
1: night in the world of boxing tonight and if you're into your mixed martial arts if you're into the ufc then tonight with it being international fight week is without any shadow of a doubt the biggest uh week in the calendar for a man that used to obviously edit the fighters only magazine. Just give a little bit of a, a little bit of a, an inkling to our uh, audience as to how big this week in particular is for the UFC.
2: Well, the entire UFC calendar. Uh, builds towards the first weekend in July. International Fight Week is massive. They have a massive expo in Las Vegas. Fans all over the world congregate there. There's usually over 100 fighters in and around doing all kinds of signings and guest appearances, and they put on events pretty much every night of the week. Obviously, last night, we had the uh, the Hall of Fame inductees for 2019, including our own Michael Bisping, who went into the Hall of Fame just last night. So, absolutely the place to be is Las Vegas this weekend, absolutely.
1: Speaking of uh, British mixed martial arts pioneers in the early hours of the morning we will be joined by brad one punch Pickett. oh yes uh, so it'll be myself nick and brad bringing you uh commentary uh of the five fights that you will find on the main card obviously the attention is going to be john jones everybody's attention is john jones however out of those five fights that we're going to be calling uh from the early hours of sunday morning which one are you looking forward to the most
2: <laughs> you know it jorge masvidal against ben Askren is going to be absolutely bonkers for as long as it lasts anyway.
1: Exactly that. Uh, that's going to kick off at around about 3am in the morning, so make sure you come and join us uh, for that. There will be a little bit of extra time in the middle and a little bit of football chat. But the first part of the show is uh, for the next two hours all dedicated to the world of boxing and let's get straight into it with a big name guest. We don't mess about on a Saturday night. We like to bring you the very best and biggest names in the world of boxing and we're starting right now uh, with the hairmaker, listen. If we're going to if we're going to bring David A on, we've got to have his song, then haven't we? We've got to go introduce him with a little bit of uh, ain't no stopping his now. Absolutely, we can't course. just have him coming in dry, can yep. we? Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll we'll have him coming in dry, and we'll have him going out to the tune. Yeah, <laughs> David, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? Uh,
3: it's good to be here. Good to be. I would have preferred to hear a little bit of ain't no stopping Us now. You know, if my outro can have that,
1: you you that should that should be like, paramount for Any room you walk in from now on, you just clap your hands <laughs> and the tune should play. That's how it should work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen how's things in your world at this moment in time obviously uh, I'm lit-
3: I've literally just finished uh, a day at Wimbledon uh, uh, I was uh, a yeah. part of the Royal Box today me yeah. and Carl Froch was there um, we saw Federer Nadal Andy Murray and Serena Williams was an added bonus to the day right, so I've, I've, I've left after the first sex I know Andy and Serena going to do it uh, I've got somewhere else to get to but what a fantastic day. Uh, Wimbledon was absolutely great today.
1: Did you uh, did you go for loafers, no socks, or did you did you get the sheds out? What did you go for?
3: I, 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 I actually wore my shoes and socks wow. today. So it was just royal box, you know, no see. At the door.
2: <laughs> yeah, you've got to wear I, your socks, socks in the Royal place. box. Come yeah.
3: on. No, no, I actually needed a doctor's note at once. I remember after my, I snapped my Achilles off the belly fight. <laughs> I went there, and I had to wear trainers. And uh, they was like, you can't come in with trainers. So I was like, I've got a doctor's note. And I had to produce a doctor's note. <laughs> And I managed to slide in. So I think I'm the only person to, other than the tennis players to go into the royal Box who train as well.
1: With all due respect, former heavyweight champion of the world. Nobody's stopping you, now. No. You, 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 exactly. can, you, can, you yes,
3: can do what you so. want. I mean, they were. That's the thing I thought of. They <laughs> to just swerve through but they wasn't having none of it. I was been have <laughs> for half an hour the back and forth. Of it, but we, we got in in the end.
2: That's how tight Great. Wimbledon is. Even the champ, even the former heavyweight champ yeah. needs a That's doctor's it. note That's to it. get into the royal Box. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Um,
1: on last week's show, we were speaking uh, quite a lot to uh, Joseph Parker, and he was uh, kind of insinuating that maybe the next step for his uh, is uh, your old friend, Derek Chisora. He's obviously got a fight on the 20th. If he comes through that, is that very real? Could we make that happen with Joseph that's Parker, a, do you that's
3: think? A, that's, a, that's a very real proposition, though. People really like like the sound of the, the Parker-Chisora fight. As both fighters are all action, they both let their hands go. You know, Joseph Parker's nice and young. He's a former heavyweight champ, and the two losses he has... On his records so against, obviously Anthony Joshua, and, and that was a points decision. Another points loss against Dylan White, where well, he actually had Dylan White in a world of trouble mm. in that twelfth round. So um, for me, it's a, it's a great fight. The style, Parker's style, will blend perfectly with Chisora's. Chisora comes forward, he lets his hands go, and he knows you know, this is his opportunity to really raise the game. So that's a fight, Derek really wants as you said, he's got to get through um, the twentieth. Against um, Arthur Spilcher, who's a, a very tricky southpaw. So I believe you can get through him, and uh, then we're we'll looking at him that big fight. But you can't look too far into the future in boxing, as, uh, as we've seen recently. Anything can happen. Mm. And on that,
1: because I've heard you speaking to various shows here on TalkSport throughout the course of the week, because if anybody knows about training camps in Miami, it's David Hay. Um, And uh, you were kind of insinuating that maybe because AJ's been used to training in Sheffield in his last fight, he did spend a bit of time in Miami, and you were talking about whether it was quality work in Miami. Yeah, we don't
3: know. I don't don't really know that many uh, of uh, Anthony Joshua's direct team. Um, if it's something he's never done before training Miami, I'm, I'm sure there could be distractions. It could take his eye off, off the prize. I know that his opponent in uh, Andrews Jr. wouldn't have uh, sent shockwaves of fear through him. But, you know, in the rematch, I think we'll figure out and find out exactly what happened. Andy Joshua didn't look right on the night before the fight, during the fight, and after the fight, he, he just didn't seem his usual self. Um, but that's a good thing about boxing. We have a rematch that we'll find out. You know, is, Anthony, is Anthony Joshua better than Andy Ruiz? Did he have a bad night? Or is Andy Ruiz Jr. just better than Andy Joshua? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy thought to think that we're questioning if Anthony Joshua is better than Andy Ruiz Jr. But boxing is boxing. Sometimes somebody has just that style which you can't deal with. And maybe Andy Ruiz has that style to come forward, uh, pressure, front punches in bunches. Maybe that's a style that Andy Joshua really struggles with. If that is the case, maybe he needs one or two fights to work on that style. And so when he goes back into the rematch, he can he can clean um, out um, Andrews Junior. But you know, we're just we we're hearing from AJ's camp that he wants that direct rematch. So he believes that it was an anomaly that. He's the superior athlete, superior boxer, and he just got it wrong on the night
2: for whatever reason. Mm. Do you think it's a mistake though, David, getting straight back in with him? away? way, no, 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 because it could be. It totally yeah. depends on the result. As the result is that Joshua knocked him out in
3: five rounds. It was it was a perfect decision. If the same thing happens again, everyone's going to up and say It was a wrong decision. It was a terrible fight. Why is he getting back in the ring with somebody he doesn't know how to deal with? But we only know that in the rematch. It's such an intriguing situation that's got everybody split on opinion. I heard so many people saying Andy Joshua wasn't right. Andrew Riz is no way better. He, he got, a, he got a fl- lucky. Fluke. He fluked it. Other people are telling me they just think this guy's got the style that he crips uh, Anthony Joshua. So it's split, split opinion. But the one thing's for sure, everybody is going to be watching that rematch. Whoever you are, wherever you are in the world, you have to watch that fight because the last one was so, so strange and uh, mm-hmm. out there that we, we have to find out who, who is the best out of these two fighters.
1: Mm. Uh, Dad, just before we let you go, when I, when I saw you out in Vegas, you were talking
3: poker. How's it going? How are you getting on? The poker's good. You know, I've got a big, big competition in about a month's time. You know, it's at the end of July. We've got the, uh, the Goliath. Mm. Um, Grover, Grover the Casino's got the Goliath, the second biggest poker tournament in the world. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to showing my skills there.
1: Are you uh, Are you a smack talker around the table? Do you wear the gla- glasses? I, what I, I, do you do? I,
3: did, I give it a little bit of banter. I yeah. did like <laughs> to wind people up, but I'm, you know, looking, I'm looking forward to seeing what I can do because there's it, probably going to be around 10,000 people there. Wow. In so um, the, the smart money's on me not actually getting through day one. <laughs> people, don't, people don't believe I can learn how to play poker adequately in, in less than a year and actually do something in a major tournament. But I've, I've cashed in a World Series of Poker in Vegas. Wow. I've cashed in the, the Asian Poker Tour in the Philippines, in, in Manila. So I've cashed in big tournaments before, You know, literally going back the last couple of months. Yeah. I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling confident. I was down the Vic at the, uh, the casino in uh, Edgewood Road, uh, and I came third in the tournament. There were 80 people I came third. So I got to the table. I'm getting there bit by bit. I'm learning. I'm, I'm getting my head around it. But the big test is going to be Goliath. You know, at the end of July.
1: Well, when you when you make your way to the table, make sure this music's playing in the casino. Go on, just drop it. We've got, we've got yes. to have it on. Here we go. Gotta have the shades on. Make sure you make the walks on. <laughs> 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 listen, have a good night David Thank you very much for joining us, top man Superb uh, Former heavyweight champion Former unified cruiserweight champion of the world David there joining us from Wimbledon He looks like he's had a good day And he's playing poker now This was a tune When this played You knew You knew It was going to be fun You knew it was going to be fun uh, Listen, superb David Ae uh, Still to come on the show uh, Richard Reactor is going to be with us We're going to speak to Carl Frampton We're going to speak to Charlie Duffield And that's just the first hour Don't go anywhere It's your home for fight sports Talk sport on a Saturday night
4: I don't
5: know, but we will let nothing hold us back We're putting our show together, we're polishing up our red
2: band. And now for the champion in the blue corner, wearing white shorts, chin with red From London, England,
5: Richard Reakpo
3: there is the power that we spoke of. Didn't take long, did it? And
1: Riyadhpour marks his forwards in this impressive cruiserweight
5: division.
6: And a right hand. That's it, that's it's it. going to
5: finish and now. He boxed well, he boxed solidly, and then he found the power. And it's nine on the spin for Reactor.
1: Now the guests keep on coming David Hayes done. let's move on to our next guy you're going to see him in action uh, on July the 20th on the undercard of Dillian White and Oscar Rivas at the O2 Arena a man managed by Ad- Dillian White he's been training with him as well up in uh, Loughborough it's great to see him here in the Sports studios Richard Reackpaw welcome my friend welcome thank you thank you for having me thank look you. at this now nick believes that he's the best looking on the show it's oh, not, happening no, 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 no. <laughs> not happening tonight not happening tonight i gonna give you a run for your money <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say as well i'm so glad david hay didn't come in the studio yes. and Mixon's just walking <laughs> it's game over that's it um how does your week then work out because obviously you're a london boy loughborough's the training camp the, yeah. the the science capital of the world when it comes to sport exactly. what is it just there during the week and then back for the weekend
6: yeah so pretty much um there from monday to friday And then back, back in London for the weekend, just to relax and unwind, then back out again. That's just been the routine for a good four weeks, four or five weeks now. How long have you been doing that for camps? Because I know that you're obviously managed by Dillian, you work
1: with Dillian a lot, you're working out the Miguel's gym as well. I know Dillian's been doing it for time. How long
6: have you been doing it going up there? So I've done it for three camps in total. Okay. And Dillian's been up there for 10 camps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And... Are you starting to see the benefit
1: of the extra science that's coming into your game now? When you be able, when you can transfer it onto Fight Night,
6: for sure. Because it's you know I don't know if everybody, um, anybody listening knows about Loughborough University, but they have this state-of-the-art equipment and they have some amazing, amazing trainers. They are very knowledgeable in their sport, and you know this is this is their craft. They study, we study the boxing, and they study how to integrate the science, mm-hmm. the scientific aspects. Into improving performances in the ring. And obviously, you could just check the results, it, it speaks for itself, and Dillian White's results as well. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. It's real life Rocky Four. That's what it is. It's like yeah, exactly. Dragoville.
6: <laughs> Send them all into the Drago
2: camp. Yeah, it's all macros, <laughs> and every meal measured. And do you do, are you literally getting
6: every meal measured for your macros, all that kind of stuff? everything's like there's an actual hotel, it's called um, Athletes Hotel. It's on campus, and everything is clean. Wow. Everything is clean. So we have the lunch, we have our breakfast, and we have our dinners. It's it's a proper proper camp, and I don't know any athletes that are living like that, apart from obviously Joshua and certain people in the yeah. GB squad and the amateurs. But it's a it's a different lifestyle, and this is how we get the results. It's, it's pure hell torture. Yeah okay, we, Literally Myself and Nick Won't be able to uh, exist there mate Because I've just seen him <laughs> Nail 10 chicken wings
1: On the way in Trust me He's, a, he's, he's on a different level <laughs> Just hoover them Yeah exactly If
6: you're talking about Clean eating That's not for you is it boy <laughs> Definitely not no. <laughs> Listen guys If you want to come up And do some work Listen you're more than welcome to We have one thing Oh yeah you actually... want to punish us <laughs> you? Yeah, yeah
3: Exactly
2: <laughs> You want to make, make a spew not That's even, what it not is even, Richard's not looking even. at me thinking Give me, give me one round With a body belt Give me <laughs> one even. round
6: Not even It's like We had a talk and Dillian White he he concluded that all the journalists that come up to Loughborough University has to do one round of training whether it's rowing on the machines whether it's a sprint sprinter session or something but um, yeah I think it'll be good Nothing why you why did... are you saying that with a smile on your face? <laughs> right, what are you up to? <laughs> I'm, I'm up to nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing. <laughs> um, I want to give our audience a little bit of um, a background on you. We'll get to that in a moment or two, but I just want to jump quickly ahead to your fight, right? Uh, okay. Which is happening on uh, uh, July the 20th. We've seen you. We saw him up in Manchester, didn't we? Against Sam Hyde. Oh, do your thing. Unreal. Fantastic performance Thank that particular night.
6: Thank you.
1: This one against uh, Bill and Smith, this is a proper fight. This is, yep. a, this is a real tasty fight. In fact, a lot of people... Um, when
6: your fight was announced, we're saying on the card it could be the fight of the night. Could be, potentially. Um, Chris Bill and Smith, he's also 9 0, so we have mirroring um, records and he's hungry. It seems like he's hungry. He's under a good trainer in Barry McGuigan, Shane McGuigan. They know what they're doing. So we cannot, it will be foolish of us to overlook um, Chris Bill and Smith, but we're prepared and we prepared um, diligently for him. What's it like being
1: training alongside Dillian with the road that he's been on and all the things that he's doing at this moment Time patience is probably the biggest thing that you're learning from him at this moment with the way that he's being mugged around with various sanctioning bodies but also the way that he's managed to turn his career around a little bit from the AJ defeat to where he's at right now I mean he's a totally different fighter you must take inspiration
6: from that little path that he's been going on himself Of course of course if I didn't there would be something wrong it's like He lost um, that fight against AJ. He came back. He won fight after fight after fight after fight. And it just shows what type of material this guy's cut, uh, this cloth he's cut from. He's um, very strong mentally. That's one thing. That's one of the first things I noticed about Dillian. You can see with his application. It's an incessant application to striving for success Mm. and wanting to better himself in every way possible. And it just rubs off. He, sh- he gave me opportunity, he showed me the ropes of the business and he said, listen, everything is for the taking, Richard. All you need to do is dedicate yourself, do what I do. Everything is in your hands, pretty much. I've, I've spoken to Dillian at great length about his own career and a little
1: bit about, obviously, his involvement with you and from just picking between the lines of him speaking, I think he sees a little bit of himself in you, especially with the upbringing that he's had, with the troubles that he's had, mm-hmm. you know, in and around South London when he came over here and what have you. And you've been in those environments. I mean, you got yourself in a little bit of bother years and years ago, and, and nearly, you might not even be on the planet because of the troubles that you're getting yourself yeah, of into. Of course,
6: um, I don't know if uh, the listeners know my background, but um, at age 15, I was stabbed, uh, nearly died. Um, I was involved in street culture to, to the deepest... Deepest kind of parts, and I managed to find a way out. I went to study at um, college um, to get um, to get into university. I went. I ended up um, going to Kingston University, graduating with a degree in marketing, communications, and advertising. After that, I decided to go pro because my passion was always to be a boxer, and I wanted to follow it free. I wanted to see how well I'll do, and I was blessed with um, amazing power, so I, I knew I always had a chance if i dedicate myself maybe i could you know do some really great things in boxing and we've been on the journey ever since Wait, and that's since 2015
2: that marketing degree as well that you that gives you a leg up on most fighters because you understand what how important it is to build you as a brand as well you understand the strength of social media the strength of doing media engagements and what it can do for your career that's so important in this day and age
6: oh, it's so so important everything has changed you know the the big, the big marketing um, platforms was obviously radio, television, and it's it's changed now with the social media. The social media has overtaken most of these platforms, so mm-hmm. it's all about kind of just seeing what's what's new and integrating everything else with it because a bit of each could could benefit. There's obviously there's listeners on the radio, there's people that watch television, and there's people all on social media. So if you're Using a platform as well Then you're marketing yourself To another degree mm-hmm. More than World champions Can you believe that? Mm. There's boxers That have more followers More More recognition Than people that have achieved Way more And Probably more than They will ever achieve In their whole career And it's And it's it's kind of depressing Sometimes when I see it Because I would ask a, a Random person Like do you, don't you do you know Who this guy is? Like this guy is like Three times world champion Yeah You don't know him But you know Somebody, you know, this this boxer, this boxer who hasn't even won uh, a European title or British title. Well, listen, look, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people in phenomenal.
2: the sport at the moment may well be chuckling at Tommy Fury inside Love <laughs> Island. But I tell you now, when that guy gets out, he will headline a show at I'm the Manchester you. Arena I'm or, or at the O2 because of the exposure he's getting.
6: Absolutely. He's got, have you seen his followers on um, yeah, Instagram? Yeah, it's just gone unreal. It's, it's gone crazy, is not it? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I was thinking of going in Love Island myself. Yeah. Here we go. Here he, is. Here
2: he is. I'll set him up, son. You knock him down, Richard. If anyone from Love Island's less than any of the producers, I And I'm
6: coming
1: for you. I'm coming for you. He's <laughs> even got
2: his eyes on one of the girls. He knows the score. It's refreshing
1: to hear you understand the power of that because I know you're doing quite a lot of work in your own community, especially yeah. with the knife crime rhetoric that is constantly going on at this moment in time. Yeah. You've personally been on the receiving end of that. Of course. And I know that it's important yeah. of you to give back to your community because you, you you speak a lot
6: to the youth that are walking the streets that you used to walk. Yeah, it's like, obviously, my passion is to box. But one of my passions is to motivate, inspire, and to add value to to the world in any way I can. Obviously, depending on how much time and energy I've got to do do so, of course, um, juggling um, my career in boxing, but I always I love to go to school and talk to youth and just to give them some advice because me growing up, I didn't get the adv- advice that I needed. That's why I ended up um, getting into boxing so late. I, I had my first amateur fight when I was 19. That's really, really late yeah. compared to, you know, most of these other fighters in boxing since they were kids. Um, I just feel like if somebody was that, I had a figure to look up to and t- to speak into my life, I probably wouldn't have walked down the wrong path. So I just feel like I've taken it on myself like to um, inspire and motivate all the students. Anybody around the world, pretty much, That would just lend it air. And um, obviously some of them can't relate to me, but because of the story, it's so intriguing and interesting. And it's like I always grab their attention f- um, for some reason. And if I can change one person's life with a few words, then... That's, that means more to me than anything else. You know? Rightfully but so, man. It's, yeah. it, it's massive
1: seriously. because we see government officials, and I mean, look at the state of our government at the moment in time. It's absolutely crackers, you know? And if you're a young person looking for a little bit of hope to get out of whatever you're into,
6: you're looking at the TV and you're thinking, what is this, man? There's just nothing watch, for me. Just watch a uh, question time. Crazy. You'll be left gobsmacked. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. It's so like it's important that game show. athletes,
1: sports stars, pop stars, um, as crazy as it sounds, guys on Love Island, whatever, if they've yeah. been through something, sharing those stories, helping kids find that hope, find that rhetoric of being well, they're, they're able... Something's role possible.
2: Well, they're the role models. The, the people you've just listed, the are role models to kids from South London or yeah. South Manchester or South Liverpool. You know, knife crime's not just a London thing. You know, I'm an ambassador for a knife crime campaign well, in amazing. my city, in Liverpool as well. It's the same problems there. And the local politicians... They're not, from this. They're not from those areas. They don't understand what the, how those areas are suffering and why young people are turning to knife crime. They don't understand it. And they think the way to tackle it is by putting people in jail for longer sentences for carrying knives. That's no. not It's a, not going to
6: work. It's not going to work. ridiculous. I, I had done an interview um, just a few days ago and I came up with a few points. One of them was, they need to, You first of all, TalkSport is doing a great thing. Bringing someone like me with my type of background as well. On this, so they can see that I've changed my life. I've came from that type of background, but I managed to change my life and doing good things now. They need to promote more people that have had that type of background and push them on these platforms, and that's when these kids can look at them and say, "Oh my gosh, look at look at look what Rich is doing." Yeah, he's and from my, the, he's from my streak. He yeah, came yeah. from where I came from, and they can see see obviously these people as um, as uh, references, and then that that could lead to change. I understand about, um, obviously, the GD, um, GDP cuts and stuff with the deficits, but, listen, they need to pump some more money into the youth clubs. Absolutely. It's so, it's so important. I got myself into a lot of trouble because of boredom. I didn't have nothing to do. Seriously, yep. nothing to do. Come out, on chill on the block. What's, what's what's popping, guys? Going to a party? Nothing else to do. If there was youth clubs, it's like, there's more a bit more direction, if you know what I mean. Of course. What are you, what are you doing today? How come you're not at a youth club? Youth club. There's some events that we can go to, there's some talks we can go to. Just kind of, just keep people occupied, keep these kids occupied and off the streets and that will prevent a lot of people from getting stabbed. And we, listen,
1: we could do this for about an hour and we probably will at some point, mate, but I know that your time's precious. Saturday evening, you know what I mean? Yeah, you probably yeah, got a party yeah. to go to, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to watch the UFC, stay up late. Yes, <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking. Who, who's, you, who's you pick for that, by the way? Jones uh, against Santos in that fight. You picking, you picking Jones, Jones? Of course he's going with the GOATs. Of course, of course he is. I, can't, I,
6: don't, I don't see him losing ever. He's, just, he's he's on it now isn't he? he's on it man he's on
1: it what about uh nunez and holly Holm in the uh in the co oh,
6: nunez man sorry. she's a beast isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's, a, sensation. she's a monster absolutely i don't
2: know you know i think we're gonna
1: get a shock no, tonight we, honestly. We ain't getting a shock, we're getting any shock somewhere we're not getting any shocks listen richard pleasure mate looking forward to seeing you back in action on the you, july 20th you, yeah. make sure you're checking him out uh stick with us this is fight night on Talksport. carl frampton's on the show in a moment or two don't go anywhere uh this is uh the first part of your fight night special tonight uh, we are dedicating the first two hours of the show to the world of boxing. And at 10 o'clock, we'll have a little bit of a break because, you know, we've got to eat pizza and stuff, haven't we? <laughs> and get ourselves ready for John Jones versus uh, Thiago Santos, which is going to be brought to you live from three o'clock
2: in the morning. I'm just going to go and shadow box in a mirror for like two or three hours just are to you? get myself <laughs> excited. I can't wait. Why? I can't wait. You, you because can't, I, I can't, you, you I I can't relax. You're commentating on the fight. You're not I fighting can't relax. anybody it will feel like I'm in the fight. You wait and see. Mm.
1: Uh, we're going to be bringing you the whole main card from three in the morning until the early hours. Uh, so therefore, if you are up at that time and want some free coverage, you are more than welcome to come and join us uh, here on Talk Sports. But as I said, first part of the show is dedicated to the world of boxing and a man that has announced the fight this week, one of our favourites. He's actually entered into our world of broadcasting now, and he? he's taking our He's taking our gigs, Is the boy, and he's actually better than us at it. It is, of course, Carl Frampton. How are you, mate? You well?
7: How you doing, lads? very well indeed how are you mate I'm not too bad not too bad
1: I can see what you're doing getting yourself up for a little media career once you've finished all this uh, <laughs> boxing stuff I know what
7: you're doing <laughs> I've, just kind of, I've just kind of slipped in there I'm, uh, I'm doing, getting away of it I think mate, doing
1: very well as well listen let's get to the serious stuff uh, because you are still fighting August 10th announced uh, it is uh, Philadelphia uh, that you're uh, going over to the States and this is obviously part of the ESPN deal that you've recently signed. You must be delighted that you're uh, back in the ring after, what is it now, nine months uh, since the last escapades last Christmas?
7: Yeah, of course. I, I was, to be honest, I was busting the camp. Get back in the camp and it was a strange one because initially after the Warrington fight in my head, I was a retired fighter for about two weeks. I'd, I hadn't made any official announcements, no. but I, I wanted to retire. I thought that was me done and then... Started to think about things, and suddenly this fight from, uh, or sorry, this deal came from top rank, and I just kind of thought like, I don't want to be going out on that performance. You know, the one the performance, it wasn't me. It wasn't a good performance for me. I've had a, I've had a, an amazing career, but I just didn't want to I didn't want to end on a fight like that. So this just came along and the perfect opportunity. I needed a break, though, so I had a long break out. Uh, I chilled out with my family for a while and, and took a bit of a break from the ring, and I'm and I'm back now. Um, I'm ready,
1: ready to go again. For me, I'm, I know that, listen, boxing's a, a, a weird old game and boxing fans can sometimes be a little bit weird. So when they see Carl Frampton fighting Emmanuel Dominguez, they go, hang on a minute, Carl Frampton, smash him to bits. That's an easy, there's a walkover fight. But for me, for where you want to go to with the hopefully the Oscar Valdez fight after this, I think it's the perfect opponent for you to reintroduce yourself to an American audience to set yourself up that one final tilt to the world title at the yeah. end of the year, hopefully.
7: Look, he's he a young hungry fighter and people come you know, Jordan Gill has beaten him. So people will look at that and think why why well, Carl Frampton fighting, I hate to call myself Carl Frampton you have You changed. Um, you changed. <laughs> people will uh think, you know, why am I fighting him after Jordan Gill has, has beaten him? But um I you know, Jordan Gill's a good fighter and yeah. the quality of performance is his perform his best performance to date. Um but I think Emmanuel Dominguez isn't a bad fighter either. He's a, he's a tall, young, hungry Maxi, and I know all about these guys who have kind of been written off. I, I faced a Mexican similar style and attributes to him before in uh, Gonzalez, and I was on my backside twice in the first round. And mm-hmm. it was a scenario where I, I kind of walked in and thought I was going to blow this guy away, so I'll need to be on my game, and I, I'll not be taking anything for granted. The, and these kids, you know, he's a young guy, he's 24, or something like that, his whole world opens up if he beats me yeah. all of a sudden. So he he'd be putting everything on the line. He'd be training hard and and, and trying his best to get the win.
2: When you were you had that time off, call with the family hundred percent behind you. Or were, you know we family starting to say, come on, you know we we don't want to see you get hurt or anything like that. Have those conversations been tough, or are they are they just pushing you? it
7: have been very tough, and, and 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 I I spoke to my wife. Christine about it a lot and and even my kids. I I've a I have two, two kids, one's four, one's eight. They they don't really want me to box anymore because mm. just because of the amount of time I'm away from home. Yeah. Um my wife definitely doesn't want me to box anymore. Um again because I'm away from home and I miss out on a lot and because of of how hard a game it is and she's seen she's seen not you know, she was up close to the Josh Wynton fight, and, and it was unbearable for her really to watch. She didn't really watch most of the fight, even though she was sitting at ringside, so um, they'd rather I didn't do it, but I think they understand why I'm, I'm having one one last blast on it, and I promised them that it's not going to be for much longer, and I, I kind of, you know, it, it's, it is a short career, boxing, but I, I'm doing it for reasons that i i want us to live as comfortably as possible oh. after boxing all of us i want my kids to be proud of me uh, and i want them to talk about me fondly and, and 20 years time and i think if i if i can win another world title i think i think i've still got that in me and i can do it
1: I think they're going to speak like that, even if you don't win another world title, mate. You know what I mean? But it's, it's, it's awesome to hear you still have that ambition, still have that drive, still have that... Listen, man, I've got something inside me here, and I really could... You've already made history. To make ridiculous history to go and get that other <laughs> that other world title would be, would, would be something else. And I'll tell you something, yeah. what a fight. If, yeah. you, if you get you come through this and you set up the
2: Oscar Valdez fight, that is—is is that the root call? Is it Val? Is it all? All roads lead to Valdez after yeah, after I, Dominguez? I
7: think so. I, I've almost you know I've, I've almost been as good as promised the Valdez fight. I think he says he's going to hang around as a featherweight um, uh, to to fight me at the end of the year. So um, both of us are now I was top rank as well. So the the fight makes sense. But again, you know, I want. I'm only thinking about the Dominguez here, and, and people, you know, you, you you brought up Oscar Valdez there, mm-hmm. he's been talked about a lot. But I'll answer the question because you you've asked it. But that's obviously the, the easiest easiest uh, world title fight that could be made for me. But it's a difficult fight, but one that it will get me. It gets me excited. You know what I mean? And and that could be that could be it. Imagine going out on a on a fight like that no. you know what I mean <laughs> right at the top see you later drop the mic moment um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> no hang on drop the mic Mark. you're picking the mic back up that's what you're doing because we know what you're doing after this boxing stuff
7: <laughs> yeah well I know true <laughs>
1: how many of uh, the fans have been on to you about um, well obviously you've done New York for them thank you very much for that you've taken them to Vegas thank you very much for that now they get to run up the rocky steps brilliant eh yeah I
7: think there's a, there's a few going obviously it's it's kind of it was only recently announced, so people have summer holidays and stuff. I'm not expecting the numbers at done New York and and Vegas, but we'll we bring a decent crowd. And, and there's a there's a large um, Irish community in, in Philadelphia. I think the third largest in, in any of the American cities mm. after Boston and New York. So we we get a good good number there. I just I'm just imagining drunken. Belfast Irishman, Northern Irishman, whatever you want to call them, trying to do the Rocky steps and taking a few pit stops on the way up.
1: (laughs) I think they will, mate. I think they will. Um, Listen, has um, has life changed now that you're a doctor? Uh,
7: Not really. Uh, I can can send your passport photos if you need (laughs) (laughs) them. For those that don't that's know, a, for those that a, that's don't, that's genuine, by the way. I, if it you're is. Looking any passports for the end? I, I can sign them for you.
2: Have you been? Have you been hanging around the passport office, <laughs> Carl, does, You know, anyone need them signing I'm waiting on the first one. <laughs>
7: I'm actually.
1: Listen, you're gonna to have to tell the story because there'll be people thinking, "What are you blooming going on about?" You got an honorary doctorate, haven't you?
7: An honorary doctorate from Queen's University and Belfast, which was it was a bit surreal to be honest with it. Was it was a proud moment for me and. You know, you're there with people who are getting legitimate doctorates and legitimate degrees, and you're kind of standing there in a hat and gown and um, feeling more than slightly out of place. But everyone was very nice to me, and it's you know what, it's a, it's, a, it's always nice to be honoured. But for me, it's especially nice to be honoured honoured at home.
1: Yeah, so when obviously um, in a few years from now, and I don't know, you might be on holiday or something like that, and the wife might go off to the bar and she starts a conversation with someone. Oh, what does your husband do? He's a doctor. He's a doctor. <laughs> that's that's where you are at now, mate. That's where you are at.
7: Well, well, you could, yeah. And, you know what? And I wouldn't be far wrong. So you, you, you get away with
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> doctor Carl, thank you very much for joining us on the show, mate. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy
0: like, your cam, yeah. Carl. Enjoy man. it. Top Can't man. wait. Superb stuff. Uh,
1: the doctor. He's going to have to change that now, isn't he? Change. He can't be the jackal anymore.
2: No, definitely
1: not. The Dr. Carl Frampton uh, on the show there, preferring him for his fight against Emmanuel uh, Dominguez on August the 10th. I Listen, I hope that he is back to what we expect from Carl Frampton. Yeah. He's flashy, he's brilliant, he does the business, takes care of Dominguez nice and quickly, because at the end of the year, if we can set up that Valdez fight, I know he's focused on one guy, but for us as fans... If he
2: can set up that Valdez fight, oh, yes. that's an absolute blockbuster. And you know, he's, he's in a happy place. You know, being around Carl, you had hear in his voice then, around him for the camp, for the Josh Warrington, being with Jamie Moore, being in Manchester. I know he's away from his family, but the gym work they're doing, Carl Frampton's enjoying being a prize fighter again. And I think that's why it's so hard for him to walk away. He knows he's got more left in him. He knows he can still do it on the bigger stage. Mm. And he can do it.
1: No, he can. Um, Charlie Duffield's going to be on the show very, very shortly. Uh, we're also, at some point, going to be hearing... Uh, From Gareth A. Davis, uh, ahead of UFC 239. And one of our, well, I say one of our, he's always been one of my favourites, but now that he's declared himself a Liverpool fan, uh, he's Nick's most favourite lightweight. Can we get get
2: You'll Never Walk Alone ready for
1: when Richard Comey comes on? Richard Comey's going to be on the show. Uh, Nick, he's no longer a Lomachenko or a Teofimo Lopez fan. See, that's how fickle he is. You put a Liverpool shirt on, he's in. He's mine. Simple as that. Stick around. Uh, Charlie Duffield's coming next on Fight Night.
8: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
5: Right, I get in that ring on July the 20th. My opponent, I've got a lot of respect for him. Getting in that ring, there's no respect. It goes out the window. It doesn't have- like the pressure here. Don't feel all over me. Good left hook. I want to destroy whoever's in front of me. It's like you're taking food from my baby's mouth.
3: Good left hand there from Duffield, followed by right to the body. He's trying to cover up here, I'd. Charlie seems to be putting the pressure on
2: quite well. And for
3: the winner from Reno, Essex,
6: Charlie
2: Duffield!
1: Uh, you listen to Fight Night with myself, Adam Catterall, and Nick Pete. Don't forget, coming up in the early hours of the morning, we're going to be bringing you live commentary of UFC 239. It's Jones versus Santos, Nunes versus home, and a host of other fights as well. Should be a cracking night. Uh, Brad Pickett's going to be joining us in the studio as well for that. The first part of the show, though, is all dedicated to the world of boxing. Now. I apologise for what's about to happen because Nick does get a little bit excited when someone's taking the traditional route in the world of boxing and our next guest most certainly is doing that. Charlie Duffield, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. You're more than welcome. Um, Nick, go on, tell him how much you love someone taking the traditional route from going, in Charlie's case, southern area...
2: Love it. (laughs) Right? Love it. Carry on. I've seen more central area, Midlands area and southern area title fights in my time then maybe most boxing journalists put it that way. Do you know why? Because that's where it begins. If you're not the best fighter in your town, how can you be the best fighter in the country, best fighter in the Commonwealth, best fighter in Europe, to even fantasise about being best fighter in the world? You've got to win your regional title first. Very important. And I completely 100% respect Charlie's move here.
5: Do you not agree, Charlie? 100% I agree. Um, I think some of the... Best fights come from the southern area, the English and stuff like that. You get some crackers, so yeah, I agree with you 100%. So it's all about being cock of the street first? It definitely is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dan Aziz is the man that is uh, standing across from you, obviously. Um, now, there is a slight connection between you two, isn't there? Because his trainer used to be your trainer when you were in the amateurs, is this right? Yeah. That's when you first started right. out? So yeah. has he got a blueprint on you? Does he know what the crack is? Or is there a Charlie Duffield 2.0 that he doesn't know about?
5: There's definitely... He definitely don't know what the crack is. Um, <laughs> I'm a complete different fighter from when I was in the amateurs. Um, I've grown into a man. And uh, I've matured well. And um, learned along the way. Like you, like you say, you learnt... The more you, the more you're training with around these top opponents like I've been with this camp. You just you learn in abundance and uh, say he, he ain't got no lead on me. Like they might think they've got one up on me, but come July the twentieth, there's no leads there. They don't know. They don't know
1: them. this scene. This uh, light heavy scene in <clears throat> you, UK You came particularly. I know that we always go on about the world scene because there's some absolute ferocious talent at world level, but even at British level. There's some unbelievable fights just on the horizon coming through local area fights. If you can come through that on a British level, there's some absolute crackers out there.
5: Definitely. I feel, um, not just saying it because I'm light heavyweight, I feel like light heavyweight is one of the best out there at the minute. It's thriving with, like you say, abundance of good talent. And uh, yeah, there's loads and loads of good fights in Britain to be made, let alone
2: like the world. Mm. We, we just had Richard in then. Now, Richard was in a similar position. Um, because just a few fights ago. Then he gets the fight with Sam Hyde, good TV exposure, puts in an absolutely blinding performance and now he's red hot in that cruiserweight division. And I think you've got exactly the same opportunity in front of you here. I think both you guys have got getting great exposure on this 0-2 card. I think a big win against Dan Aziz, the the whole country's going to know who you are then. All the doors, all doors open.
5: Yeah, definitely. This This is, like you say, this is the pick of the bunch. You go... And beat a good opponent in Dan Aziz Because he's very good Like I've got a, I've not got a bad word to say about him I get on well with him It's a weird he's one He's
2: an but, Arsenal fan though isn't like, he? Isn't he Arsenal,
5: an Arsenal and you're, and you're yeah, a West, West Ham Am, boy? Yeah so. but The football Do you know what it is? All my cousins they say Oh I don't like Tottenham I don't like I'm not one of them football fans that I'm just I love West Ham That's mm. it But I, I've got nothing bad to say about Tottenham or Arsenal stuff, so The football side don't really bother me Whatever he is he is But um yeah, he's a nice boy, but like it's business at the end of the day. And uh, come July the 20th, we're going to be both taking chunks out of each other. So it's going to be exciting, definitely. Listen, you don't pay attention to that football stuff, but trust me, when you're making them ring walks,
1: mate, and the fans are in the crowd, and they'll, they'll let you know that there's a little bit of rivalry and there's uh, no question about it. 100% yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I've no doubt the social media has already started between your friends that are obviously going to come and watch you that particular night, you know what I mean? Giving it the big one with a football
5: uh, crack. Yeah, do you know what? There's a few people who have said this um, recently, saying that, because obviously I'm a massive West Ham, I've got a season ticket and stuff like that, and um, I've always boxed for West Ham as a kid, so I've been West Ham from from through, through and through. And uh, not many West Ham fans have got behind me. Like, people think that I sell a lot of tickets, like I've probably done 400 tickets, but that's family and friends. So if I can get the West Ham behind me as well... I should be in like eight... No Where 100. are you West Ham fans? What's they're all yeah. bothered about Arnautovic at the moment. That's what it is. They're all,
1: yeah. they're all paying attention to Arnautovic, what he's getting up to. That once he's true. once he's cleared off, you know what I mean, and that's off, they'll they'll want to see one of their own, obviously having a little bit of a scrap, you know what I mean? Well, we, let's hope so. I'll, we'll have a word with Kevin Mitchell. That's what it is. Get Kevin Mitchell. <laughs> Get his bunch. It can yeah, come yeah, and watch yeah, your yeah, life. Okay. That's what it is. Um, we always like, for uh, new up-and-coming uh, younger fighters, we like to give a little bit of uh, a background and a little bit of a chat um, to our audience, just to just to thicken by into analysis and things like that. And I recently just flicking through YouTube, I saw the interview that you were uh, were giving to the lovely fellas up at Boxing Social during your during your training camp, and you were talking about some really hard stuff, which will affect quite a lot of our listeners. Mental health is a big thing that we speak about on Talk Sport at this moment in time, and I know that you've been you've gone through and are still going through in some incredible tough times, born through obviously a personal tragedy. But talk to me about dealing with mental health and obviously training to fight at the same time. Do do
5: they work together or is it is it a constant battle? It is. But I find um I find the more you train and the more it's boxing is saved saved me in a way because I find you you're having a bad time no matter what you're going through in life and, and suffering. And you go and do a bit of training, and you feel good. Oh, no, it's like a weight's lifted off your shoulder. So I find boxing, as well as my family, got me through the hard times because I was going through very hard times, and no one really knew. Because I didn't. I'm I'm not one of them to just throw out a sob story and think, oh, everyone get behind me. Because that's not me. I'm a strong person. Charlie, it's not a sob story, mate. You yeah, I mean, you have bereavement in your family. Yeah, it's, no, it's legit. I, I know what you're saying, but like, I, I didn't want. I didn't want to just throw saying out there and people will think, oh, do you know what? Is it... Because uh, that's not me. I'm quite strong. I try and... I try to fight it for myself, basically. But I just... I couldn't. I couldn't get through it without the help of my wife who got me through it. Like, mm. So I owe everything to her, basically. So, yeah, she's 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 my lifesaver, definitely.
1: Did you find... And again, this is a... a, a it seems a common thread every time we have someone in that speaks about things like this, that... The hardest thing is just taking that first step to actually speak and actually talk about the inner feelings that that you have. It must be even worse for you because you're a fighter, like you
5: just said. You mentioned strength a couple of times there, and that's your game. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to be. Yeah, like I say, I think it's more harder for the boxing side of it as well because we we want to be that macho man, strong. Oh, look at like when when I actually come out and mentioned what I was going through, the story that people was like, nah. I don't believe this because they see Charlie is a strong man you look at him this, this, this. he's a good uh, actor he's what he yeah, is yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that, yeah but that's where it was maybe it was maybe I should get into acting maybe along the line we, we go but um, yeah so they didn't they struggled to believe the story they must have thought wow like really but no one actually really knows until hmm. you open up and the first person I opened up to was my little brother and my wife and it, it was like I was a little ten-year-old boy crying for for okay. saying oh, I was horrible. It was it was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. For for people listening, and I, I don't <coughs> want to push you
1: on this because there'll be people like I know how radio works. they will be screaming at radio going, "What's the story? What's the story?" If you, if you wouldn't mind, just to give a little bit of a of, of a synopsis <coughs> as to what did happen to you. And
5: yeah, basically, I was I was struggling from a gambling addiction from a young age. I think I think I was about sixteen. And uh, it started just I was messing about with my mates, a little five, a little tenner. I was earning good money at work and stuff like that. But I was just, I was just having a play about. It. And then it got worse and worse, and it just took me down the wrong path. And I literally went from up here to right down, like down here, and it was mad. It just got hold of me. And I thought, like I said, I was a strong person. I thought, has something got hold of me that much that I can't control it? And it and it just took me down the wrong path. And as well as me struggling that and thinking, I'm never gonna get out of this. The only way I, I feel I can get out of this is if I end my life and that's what I thought. Then I thought, Do you know what? Nah, I'm stronger in this and, and, and it was it's like in your head, you're debating with yourself. You're you're arguing with yourself. It was it was mad, I can't explain it. And then obviously I had my little my little girl who's two and a half now and uh I've been clean to she was about three months old when I finally called it a day and I've been clean ever since so I've. Um, but even when I had my little girl I was thinking bad things to to, to do for, and, and I've got my little princess there who I adore she's my world do you know what I mean like strong wife and stuff like that a strong family like a really good big family that always dare to support me and stuff but it was just so hard and then obviously I was hiding all that from everyone and I was and I was helping my brother my older brother was like uh, Dean was four years older than me who was suffering from a drinking drugs uh, addiction through a relationship, split up with his missus after 13 years, just went right down the pan. And uh, we was trying to get him help with, um, like, mental health and stuff, to go rehab, and they kept promising him and then just kept letting him down. And the, the times I found myself, I was down the hospital, weeks in, weeks out, battling with the mental health side. of was saying, look, is someone going to help him? Because... He's done a few things There, He's took loads of tablets. He's, he's trying to... I don't know. In my head, I was trying to believe that it was a cry for help, but now nah, realising he's took his life. It wasn't a cry for help. He wanted help, but he wasn't getting it. So I was trying to help him as well as battle my, with my own demons. So it was like... I was in like a lose-lose situation. Normally, they say a win-win situation. I was in a lose-lose situation. I just didn't know whether I was coming or going, but I've got through it, so... It's positive now, and all I yeah. think is the positive side of it. So that's that's the that's the mindset I've got now. It's just a confident mindset, no matter what I do. So, how much how much do you use his memory to drive you to the levels that you want to get to? Yeah, massively because I remember doing a charity fight a few years ago with my little brother, my my other brother, and he he was there, and he I think he'd done a tweet or a message on Facebook saying my two brothers doing a charity I think we raised like 10,000 from a little cousin who had cerebral palsy saying i oh, fighting each other this is amazing Charlie's going to go far he just needs to stick with his boxing he can, he can go all the way and stuff like that so he believed in me like as an older brother looking down on his younger brother he believed in me so it gives me that drive and now uh, I ain't going to lie when I lost my, when I lost, first lost him I used to cry myself asleep it was like I, just, I could, didn't know what to do I didn't know whether I was coming again, but now I just think positive and all the good times I had with him and it makes me smile. And I'm like, I'm this different person. Like, and I'm, I'm glad I got through them hard times because now I'm just so positive and I've got a family and I had all that before, but now it's just the bonds, it's, it's unconditional. like It's amazing, do you know what I mean?
2: It's, it's, a, all, it's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story, Charlie. But I think... It's so important that fighters like yourself, like Tyson Fury, like Ricky Hatton on his Instagram this week. Ricky Hatton was posted a video of himself jogging through Manchester and he said, this morning I didn't want to live, I didn't want to be in this world, I didn't want to get out of bed, but I forced myself to come on this jog and he said, now, I feel great, I'm out, I'm out in the sunshine, it's yeah. a fantastic day, if you're having, you know, and Ricky Hatton given and Tyson Fury given and you coming on today and given like you've just done then, People listening, that is so inspirational because it's hard to relate to to people, to doctors in rooms and everything else, but to role models like athletes, especially when you work in class like most fight fans are, it's easy to relate to role models like that. And your your story, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's not unique. It's it, it's across all of boxing, you know. Boxers come from tough neighbourhoods and tough lives. And to be where you are now, to be fighting for a Southern Area title, I'll tell you what, Whenever he's looking down, I bet he's absolutely proud as anything of you.
5: Yeah, no, uh, but it will be definitely, and I appreciate the the kind comments, man. It's nice. It it still touches me now. Like sometimes I find doing interviews where I'm like, "Hold it together, hold it together, now." But um, it's it, it's it's life in the, the day. And I think, you, like you say, you you're training in a brutal sport. It's hard. That like boxing can be the hardest sport. Sometimes you got and you you're thinking in your head. I must be silly, like the, the 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 stuff I'm putting in and stuff like that. But then, you love the sport, like I love boxing. I've loved it since I was ten years old, and I said And like I was, I was a little bugger when I was a kid. That. so, <laughs> I got into boxing to learn me a bit of discipline and stuff. And it learned me. And from me being in boxing for two months, my discipline I just changed. And I was like, wow, like really, mm. this is this is serious. And like you just said, training is for especially boxing because people like it in pads and bags and stuff even people that don't box to fight they box just to train and stuff it it keeps you mentally physically just switched on in general and if you're going through that hard time so you have a little punch on that bag you feel you feel like a different person yeah. it's, it's so hard to explain but it, it, you literally feel like a brand new person so yeah boxing definitely changed my life and uh and even when I finally retire and stuff, I'll stay in boxing and mm. and bring the up and come in the youngsters and that because there's so there's so much talent out there. Some, it's it's unbelievable, mate. Listen, thank you so much for coming in, sharing your story, and we wish you all the best.
1: Not just on July the twentieth, but with everything, everything that you're doing, everything that you're going, and then as you just said. Post career, helping the next generation. Sensational yeah, stuff. Top man. Thank you so much for coming, Thanks in, buddy. Thanks for having me, lads. No, you're more uh, than welcome. I appreciate it. Cheers. Um, stick with us. Uh, Richard Comey's going to be on the show in a moment or two. Um, he's calling in from the States. He's Nick's new favourite fighter because he's a Liverpool fan. <laughs> I don't know. He's so fickle. Uh, you're listening to Talk Sport. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall. Nick Pete alongside me for this Saturday night extravaganza. We have got two shows lined up for you. We're halfway through the first, so if you miss any part of this, it will be available on the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. You're looking for Fight Night. Um, it's normally quite high up in the chart. Sorry to brag. Um, Then in the early hours of the morning, we're going to be bringing you exclusive commentary of UFC 239. Five fights. Myself, Nick and Brad Pickett will be in the studio uh, to be bringing you uh, those fights. So make sure you come and join us from the early hours of the morning. Now, this next bit could get a little bit of a loving. So I (laughs) apologise for anybody that is not a Liverpool Football Club fan. Um, Our next guest recently... A in for his fight wearing the red of Liverpool Yes, and, and Nick went crazy he absolutely loves Richard Comey now because he is a red Richard, welcome to the show how are you? I'm very well, thank you sir Listen, I apologise for my uh, little Liverpoolian friend he's going to obviously uh, throw some love your way with you being a Liverpool fan and him being a Liverpool fan I'm going to feel a bit excluded
2: in this conversation Well, Listen, Vass- uh, listen Vassal Lomachenko used to be my favourite lightweight he is no longer my favourite wait right. because Liverpool fans Copites we stand together yeah. as soon as I knew Richard was but one yes, of us that's
9: right. That's
2: it we are now taking <laughs> over we are taking over
9: that's it that's right you never walk alone <laughs> and, you know, it's in my heart it's in my blood even though I might not be uh, from uh, uh, from uh, uh, Liverpool but it's in my heart it's in my blood and you know everyone knows I support Liverpool you know so it is what it is Yep. I mean, a Liverpool fan. Listen, yeah.
2: Listen, listen, Richard, Wait, let they're me They're even t- no, playing no. the music for you now. We've What's got, this, uh, song this is, about? We've got yeah, a never, you'll never way. walk alone. This is this is for Richard, especially. <laughs> <laughs> That's his new ring walk. He's got right. to come out. You've got to come out to this, Richard. Richard, let me tell you. If when, yeah, please, when Lomachenko fights Luke Campbell in the UK, please come over and you can be my guest. Me and you will go to Anfield. We'll sit on the cup oh, with my is. season tickets. We'll is. take in a home game. That's there on the table for you, my friend.
9: Well so Definitely, and I, I'm looking forward to coming toward that fight as well. So, me and my manager were working on it. So, definitely, I pray I'm gonna be there.
2: Brilliant.
1: Look, can you can we talk boxing now, or are you two going to carry on talking about Liverpool? Yeah. Well, we we're going to talk
2: about signings and
1: the summer, <laughs> about the European
2: Cup, six European Cup win. But go on then, let's talk boxing.
1: Richard, sensational performance. Ray Beltran um, a couple of weeks back, or last Friday, should I say? Um, the power. In your hands, mate, is ridiculous. Had him down a couple of times. Did at any point during that fight, did you think to yourself that he wasn't going to go anywhere? Because Ray Beltran, seasoned professional, he was as tough as they come, wasn't he?
9: Right, you know, um, you know, like I always say, Ray Beltran has been around for a very long time. You know, he's an experienced boxer and he's for some of the best. I mean, boxers out there. So going to this fight, I know, I know it's going to be a tough fight for me and, uh, you know, I trained so hard and, you know, I knew I, would, I knew definitely once, you know, once I get settled and then uh, start, uh, uh, I mean, picking my shots, definitely, even after what Richie Combin is made of.
1: Regarding this lightweight division, for me, it is the most exciting division because yes. now your path, if everything works out, your next two fights, win them both, you could be the undisputed lightweight champion of the world.
9: Yeah, most definitely. You know, I thank God for this opportunity, and I pray that, you know, I take every fight as they come, and, you know, I don't really want to jump into fighting, I mean, choosing people, but, you know, as a boxer, you got to be ready. I want to be one of the great boxers that Ghana has ever produced, and obviously, I mean, one of the best, I mean, one of the best in the world, so it's, it's, this is what is in my head, and I worked so hard for it, and, you know, you never know what we never know what uh, plans God has got for me, but Hey, you know, uh, I mean, I want to be one of the best out there for my country and the world. So I work so hard. And if I ever get the chance to fight, I mean, these guys, man, I'm bringing my hole in the ring. And you got to kill me before you, you win or you got to kill me before, I mean, it goes the other way. Because I see that my best is yet to come.
1: If your best is yet to come. Everybody else better be frightened. Uh, coming up next, it's the winner of Tiafimo Lopez uh, versus Nakatani. That's the IBF eliminator. You're obviously the IBF champ. Um, regarding the Lopez and Nakatani fight, who do you think comes through that first of all?
9: You know, honestly, I know you know everyone expects Lopez to pull out because uh, he's had a couple of good performances. Had you know, he's young and he's coming, and you know he's doing good, you know, and uh, everyone is uh, expect, expecting to win, which I also do the same, you know, I expect him to win, and then we we'll see what happens afterwards. But, you know, for me, I'm not really thinking of, about uh, whoever wins. You know, I'm I'm just thinking about myself, how, you know, going back home and uh, seeing my, uh, my parents, seeing my family, yeah. having fun and start a little bit of training, then come back again, and then we'll see what happens. By then, I will know uh, which direction that, uh, I mean, uh, uh, we're going, and then we we'll see what, what 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 comes next.
1: What, what, when are you expecting to be out then next? What, what month are you looking to be out fighting again?
9: Well, definitely, uh, I'm not sure of the month, but it should be before the the year ends. Yes, all right. I, I know for sure, I should be out before the end of the year.
1: And I've no doubt you've already had conversations with your management team and your promoter. Uh, and what is the the likely? Fight for you before the end of the year. Will it be the winner of Lopez versus Nakatani, or do you think you could even get in the mix and maybe go for a quick unification with uh, Lomachenko?
9: You know, you know, uh, Loma is fighting uh, Lukamba in the UK, and and uh, you know, um, you don't know what might happen, and it's, it's a big fight. It's it's gonna be a good fight as well. And uh, uh, Lopez is also fighting uh, the Japanese kid, so you know for me, it doesn't really, but I would love to fight Loma for the unification fight. But, but also, you know, I'm not in control of that, and, uh, you know, things happen for a reason, so, whichever way comes, you know, for me, I don't mind, I'm a balsa, this is what I do, I fight, and, you know, I would love to have a unification But if that doesn't really happen, and whatever comes my way, man, I should be ready, and I'm ready for it, because if I'm a boss, I do fight, so, and I fight whoever is in the room with me, so, you know, for me, it doesn't really matter whichever way comes first, but, you know, whichever way comes first, I'll thank God and I'll prepare and then I'll be ready for that.
2: Richard, what's it like being, a, you know, a, obviously someone from Accra, Ghana, one of the hottest place for boxing world champions over the last couple of decades? How, how proud does that make you feel that like you're part of this incredible lineage of boxers from Ghana?
9: Yeah, you know, it's always, like, I feel proud and I feel great because it's been... Uh, a couple of uh, years that Ghana has never, you know, Ghana has been quiet mm-hmm. in terms of, uh, uh, in terms of uh, producing a world champions. even though we had uh, Isaac Dobri from, from the UK. He also, I mean, he won his he won his title and then he lost it and then, But before, he, before him, it, it has been very quiet, you know, and everyone was crying and praying that when, you know, before everyone, everyone has had the belief when I first go the Easter. But then, I had a split decision loss, so it was like, man, they were crying, and everyone is looking for, oh, when are we gonna get a real gun? like a real person from, 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 from Ghana, from Buku, like someone who was born and bred there, you know? They were crying, so for me to come out, and uh, uh, you know, after Dube and then Dube lost is fine for me to come from the same wood from Buku to win it, you know, in this, the, the, I mean, the city or the. Um, the area, everyone was like, wow, you know, and it makes, I mean, everyone crazy. So, you know, I feel very excited to be part of the of the, uh, of the the uh, champions coming from the Bukum area, you know. And, you know, I always go in there to represent my, where I'm from and we always want to put a smile on their face because, you know, this is what they know. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the dad uh, uh, boxing fans. So, to so always go out there as a Ghanaian and coming from the same area to put a smile on their face by winning every fight, and as tougher they come, you know, I train to so them and be able to go through it and win and put a smile on their faces, you know, makes me so excited. You I'm must be willing to do more. Yeah. You must be excited to go
1: back home, like you said, see family, but also see uh, the people of uh, of your village as well. It must be it must be crazy every time uh, you go back home, the way that they re- that they receive you.
9: That's right, that's right. I mean it's always an amazing when you get there, you know. I mean the number of people that showed up at the airport, the number of people that you know, and and you know, seeing them like that gives you the motivation that you wanna come back straight hard and always give them something to smile about, give them something to you know, to be to be cheerful, to be to be you know, to have the kind of feeling they are that man. Yeah. Now we've got someone who is representing us, you know, all over the world. So, you know, I'm I'm glad I'm representing my people.
1: Do you do you ever have no, to uh, when you to. when you go to a restaurant, Richard? Do you ever have to pay the bill? I'm I'm sure everybody sorts you out, though they ah. they they'll look after you. They'll they'll make sure that you <laughs> eat for free.
9: That's right. <laughs> Everyone looks after me. You understand? Everywhere I go, you know. And sometimes you you know you sometimes I have to walk for about maybe go somewhere for about five minutes. I end up spending an hour. <laughs> just five minutes, because because yeah, you know people calling you, people taking pictures with you and you can't deny them but these are your people. Yes. You understand? Me? So, Mate. I mean, it's always a great feeling to represent people like, you know, people uh, from my hood, you know, I mean, there's 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 no better place for me and I'm proud to be from there, you know, I'm proud to come from Bukum, Gamashi James I'm proud to be, to come from there, you know?
1: And they're proud of you, my man, that's why they're stopping you every two minutes. Listen, when you uh, come to the UK, hopefully in August, um, we look forward to seeing you. You'll have to come back on the show into the studio, all right, mate?
9: All right. Definitely, I'll do that.
1: Top man. Listen, Richard, enjoy the rest of your evening. Take care, buddy. Uh, Richard Covey, the IBF lightweight champion, Nick's new favourite fighter because he's technically a scouser. Liverpool fan.
2: you <laughs> will be on the cop with me in August. You wait Can see. you imagine taking Richard
1: Comey your, on the your, no, your Instagram will be a nightmare that day you and Richard got, this is my new mate Richard you might know him he's the he's IBF the he's the IBF lightweight champion <laughs> uh, good times ahead in that division um, it, it does look I know Richard was playing it down a little bit there but it's looking like Comey versus uh, the winner of Lopez versus Nakatani we think that'll be Lopez that's a hell of a fight Lopez versus uh, Comey then the winner of that to go on to fight the winner of Lomachenko Campbell woof Hey, eh?
2: Absolutely. Unreal. For the
1: Undisputed Championship, hopefully before March of next year. Wow. Um, stick with us. We're going to give you a little bit of a preview of UFC 239 because we've got live commentary of that in the early hours of the morning here on Talk Sport. No love. It's fight night on Talk Sport. Tell you something This show's flying by Isn't it (laughs) Absolutely flying by If you've only just joined us We've had guest after guest After guest We started with David Hay We've had Carl Frampton In there as well uh, Richard Riakpo, uh popped in. Charlie Duffield popped in. And the man that's having a scrap with Charlie Duffield, he's now popped in as well. Here's Dan Aziz. <laughs> Welcome, mate. Oh, thank you for having me. Really you, appreciate you it. You good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm Listen, good. Listen, we nearly had a little bit of a tear up downstairs.
2: You know what I mean? Past each other in that's the lift. It. One you, going down in the lift, one you coming you up in the that, lift.
1: You look done it on
4: purpose. You done <laughs> done it on purpose. <laughs> that's that's it. You knew what he was doing. We're just doing it for the social media yeah, hits. Yeah, that's yeah, what course, we're doing. Of
1: course, of course. <laughs> we had all the cameras on downstairs ready to go just in case it went off in the lobby.
4: Nah, I'm lucky for you, not me, Charlie. We're cool, so
2: yeah, yeah. We were hoping we were ch- we were prodding Charlie a bit. We were trying to get him to have a bit of trash talk. So yeah, yeah, when you come in, yeah. we'd be like, "Oh, you, you won't believe what Charlie's just said." But unfortunately, it was all pleasantries. Yeah, yeah, but listen, pleasantries great, and I'm sure you're only saying nice yeah. things as well. But July twentieth,
4: yeah, you no, know, that goes out it's the business. window. Yeah. yeah, of course, hundred percent. Like I was just saying um, to Matt, even if we were to just have a normal spar in the gym, we're not going to be all nice and you know all friendly. So. To be fighting at, um the O2 for the Southern Area, that definitely goes out the window, you know. He's coming to take off my head and I'm coming to take off. He's as plain and simple as that. Um, it's a good fight because he's a come-forward fighter. I'm a come-forward fighter. So, um, yeah, like, it's basically like two locomotives just crashing together. So I expect a very good fight.
1: And what we were just saying there in the break, just to have the Southern Area yeah. style... On yeah. at the O2, because exactly. as you said, you've made the York Call your, your home of yeah. recent times. Normally, a fight of that magnitude would be on at the York yeah. call. And that's not shared on York call. We love it. Okay. We love going there. But to have it on pay per yeah, view it's, it's at the O2, that's crackers.
4: It's, it's crazy. It's mad, man. And that's, that's one of the reasons why we both wouldn't have turned it down, because it's on, like, you know, it's for our first title. We're both progressing, and it's about that time where we fight for, like, at least a Southern. And then to have it on such a card, it's, there's no, there's no... There's no loser in the fight, really and truly. So, um,
1: yeah, we just put our friendship aside and, yeah, we're going to go at it. You, you were actually kind of saying a similar thing to Charlie, weren't you, about the platform of this mm-hmm. and what it can mean for fighters. Now, lads that are obviously, they've been fighting at like, places like York Hall, yep. even, you know, local sports centres and various mm-hmm. things like that. To be on a pay-per-view event, Sky Sports pay-per-view event, and to be doing it at the O2 Arena in front of a packed-out crowd... Exactly. You, Dan's kind of nailed it a little bit there. Yeah. It's Absolutely. about the performance. You yeah. put in a great performance. Even if you've well, come out it, the now.
4: loser
2: in yes. that fight, the platform is there for the year to kick on with the rest of your career. And, yeah. and that's why this, this fight cannot fail to deliver on July 20th for that mm-hmm. exact reason. He's picking you of, up now. So yeah, yeah. Watch yourself. Yeah. <laughs> these guys <laughs> have worked, have built up their records yep. to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Like, my main man has made your call his home ground. Yep. That's hybrid. That's <laughs> but on July 20th, oh, going he plays play at again? Wembley. He's to... playing at Wembley. The big ones on. And you know what? Just because the rest of the card is stacked with London talent as well, it's going to be the place to be on London yeah. on, Ju- on July 20th. That's it's going to be unreal. And that is going to be when the blue touch paper, that fight... When that fight goes off the rest of the night, that's it. then exactly. the, the, the tempo will be set so, exactly. for the rest of the yeah. night. It's going to be unreal. Dan,
1: Nick, Nick does this quite a lot with the show, right? Yeah. He, he kind of likes to bring in football rivalries to oh. box yeah? I mean, he's a Liverpool fan. He's yeah. just been speaking to Richard Cobb, who's now a Liverpool oh, fan do, because of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah. when he goes to a Josh Warrington fan yeah. for about two hours, he's a Legionnaire fan. Yeah, yeah. This is what he does. He
4: changes his <laughs> allegiance. So, now, so Dan's and I'm a yeah, gooner. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I bet you was a, West, you was a hammers when, when Charlie was well, here, it. Really? He kind of eluded it, yeah.
1: But with with the Auto Arena, the Cauldron of the Auto Arena, your Arsenal fan base, of course, is West Ham fan base. It'll be cracking. Yeah, no,
4: definitely, man. And um, I'm expecting a great turnout as well. A lot of Arsenal fans. um, You know, I've kind of um, like got the people who like support Arsenal to you know follow my journey as well. You know, I got guys from like Robbie from AF. Um, Arsenal Fan TV supporting me, um, Kalecchi, a few of the guys. So, yeah, man, I think it, it should be a great turnout, man. So I can't wait.
2: It, <laughs> it, none of us can wait. But this is the interesting point now, Dan, is, you know, this is a step up in opponents. Yeah, it's a, a step up in venue. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's a belt on the line. You know, what are you doing to prepare yourself mentally for July 20th that will, unlike us, yeah. try and keep your feet on oh, the ground, course. get
4: your head on the job? Uh, do you know what? For every fight, because even my last fight, there was, like, like I said, there was a lot of people, like, and um, as you alluded, like, I've kind of made it my home. So, but when it comes to fight night, it's like I'm just in a tunnel. Like, I don't even really see everybody or hear anybody. It's just like the ring and my opponent. So I just try and see it as, you know, I've got a job to do and, you know, let's get the job done. So I think that kind of like just keeps me, you know, focused and level headed. And, you know, I don't. T- let the occasion get the best of me. Obviously, I've never fought at the O2. Every time I've gone there, it's lively and it looks good. I can sit here all day and say, "Yeah, it's not going to fit me," but I ain't going to know until I get there. Yeah. But the, the best thing I can do is just try and stay grounded, and focus on the task ahead, and do what do what I can do. I'll be honest with you So yeah,
1: the thing mm. is reg- regarding the occasion, though, uh, we've spoken to a couple of fighters tonight that came to boxing late. Richard, for example, Richard Rieppo was speaking yeah. to him, and he came to it late at 19 years of age. You've been in the amateur ranks doing your thing, yeah, winning yeah. titles at all different levels, boxing around the world, mm-hmm. mate. You know what I mean? Yeah. So therefore, that kind of is a baseline of experience yeah, yeah, of for, for for this. It's kind of set you up for this moment, hasn't it? And do you know what's funny? Because every time I
4: used to fight, I used to box for my um, my university, actually. So they didn't really have like a, like a any home shows. So anywhere I'd go, I was always the way away fighter everywhere if I went to another country I'm obviously I'm the away fighter so i am always been the away fighter so like you said it's kind of built me up to like you know not let anything kind of affect me whether he has more fans than me or whether he's the home and I'm the away doesn't matter you go wherever there's a ring you just stay focused job
1: done and that's it so yeah it has built me up to prepare for a stage like this obviously unblemished at this moment in time in the pro game yep did you find it, the transition easy? Coming out of the amateurs, flip, yeah, and yeah, flipping yeah. over? Yeah, I was more... Style was, built for
4: professional wrestling. Definitely, ranks. 100%. Yeah, my trainer, um, I had my last amateur competition in a, a Harringay tournament and I was just getting better as the rounds went on. And yeah, um, I think I lost it as on a split decision and he was just like, yeah, you're you're, you're better off turning off turning over now because you get better as the rounds go. Whereas in the amateurs, it's more fast paced. You've got to start straight away. I'm not really like that. So um, yeah, I think it's definitely been more suited and the transition has been um, more favourable to me. Yeah. Mm.
1: Now, obviously, uh, July 20th, we're going to have to ask you about the top of the bill, yeah. mate, you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, obviously yeah. he's been very patient as of Dillian course. regarding uh, <laughs> uh, the way he's treated yeah, by certain exactly, sanctioning man. bodies. I feel bad for him,
4: man. I feel really bad for him, but he's, he's the guy, man, I can't lie. He's just the guy who will just fight anybody, doesn't care, like, you know, he's just, you know, he could sit there and wait for however long He's so close to a title shot But he just takes 50-50 after 50-50 And he puts on He's not been in a boring fight He's no. very entertaining Do you know what I mean? And that's the thing about it if, the, if Win, lose or draw As long as you put on a performance You know, he got stopped by Joshua But how many fights has he had since then? And everyone still comes out to watch him And, yep. you know, he puts on the performance He puts it all on the line And that's what... um this sport's about entertainment, you know, you can be as good as you, you want, if you're not entertaining, and people don't, ain't really interested in your boxing skills, or it's not about a ball goal, people want to see blood, sweat, tears, you know, people getting knocked down, people getting smashed, and that's that's the name of the game, so yeah, then, Dillion, he's that guy man, and I really hope he does his thing, um, July 20th as well, even though he's Charlie's stable mate, you know, but he's a nice guy to, you know, Put the, the the our fight on the card as well. So yeah,
1: no, I wish him all the best, man. And as you just rightfully said, nobody would excuse him for taking yeah. relatively easy fights because he's but he's of built course. himself up into a position. Yeah. Oscar Rivas is no It's a proper fight.
4: Definitely, I I didn't know much about Oscar Rivas until the fight was announced, and I'd watched him. And I said, wow, this guy, like, he's no mug, you know, like, he's got a good amateur pedigree, Great, yes. he's fit, he throws in, punt, in, like, combinations, he looks the part as well, and yeah, I've got to give Dillian all the kudos in the world, he's got balls bigger than my head, like, do you know what I mean, and I, I just rate him, nah, no, seriously, I, I and I, I can only imagine the kind of training he's going through to, because you you got to prepare correctly for these kind of guys. This Revers, he's hungry as well. This is his opportunity. So um, yeah, man, I rate I rate Dillian man, hundred percent.
2: I think with with Dillian, unlike so many people who lose to Anthony Joshua and you know, who then end up back on normal TV it's testament to Dillian White that he's remained a pay-per-view mm-hmm. fighter even though he lost to AJ he's remained a pay-per-view fighter I think that comes from
1: attitude doesn't it as, as Dan was just saying his attitude fight towards anybody. fighting
2: we're yeah. more frustrated than him yeah. we're the ones complaining about the WBC <laughs> exactly. saying come on the guy's been the yeah. one contender for over two years yeah, yeah, yeah. give him a title fight Definitely. and Dillian's just like you know what bring me the next guy yeah, yeah. bring me exactly. the next guy then bring Oscar Rivas do, do what you like and inevitably I think He's won the whole nation over In the fact that We're, we're all champion Dillian White now 100%. Everybody wants to see Dillian White get a Definitely. world title fight I think most of us Want to see Dillian White Win the world yeah, title as well Of
4: course Definitely mm. Listen Pleasure Having oh, you on the show Thank you guys for having me man I really appreciate it Looking forward to July yeah, 20th
1: nah, This is the do. fight That will yeah, yeah. set the tempo <laughs> yeah, the night yeah, It has to be man Look, Listen um, I, can, I can just tell Speaking to the barrier. Yeah press conference week is going to be fun with you two. You're going to have a little bit of a (laughs) crack, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, Because I'm sure like he said, you know, there's
4: nothing personal, you know, we just want to entertain, give the fans what they've come to see. And yeah, um, I'm just looking forward to it. So yeah.
1: Look at it. He's got a twinkle in his yeah, eye. He's yeah. got a few things like He on. knows something we don't. So yeah, that's what is. it is. It. No, he's got no, a no, game plan. No. He knows. <laughs> he's just got or or a, a ring walk or something <laughs> like that. <yeah. laughs> or some flashy shorts or something. Yeah. He's got something going on. <laughs> You're
4: going to have to wait and see All till right. July 20th, man. Well
0: Market. Market.